0: Hey everyone, this is Jim and you're listening to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. Okay, welcome back everyone. Again, this is Jim from faithtestedbyfire.com. Today I want to talk to you just a little bit of a one-on-one conversation about um, trusting God, praying, having faith, in the midst of a test or trial. I talk about test or trials a lot because I know that more people than not are being tested right to the point where they sometimes wonder if they're going to make it through the other end. And I see that happening more today in 2016 than I ever have in my life before. We all go through tests and trials. We all know that, but something seems different. At least if you talk to... Um, Many people today than it did in the past, and I have to wonder if that's because the tests and the trials that we see happening today appear to touch people on every single continent, in every single country, in every single state and town, in greater numbers than we've ever seen before. I I think that's why, um, and and again. We can look at the Bible and we can look at different topics in the Bible. Um, we can look about uh, in, into salvation. People understand what salvation is. Um, a lot of people um, choose not to believe in God. It says that you know men love the darkness, which is what keeps them from coming into the light, which keeps them from believing because once the light shines – On your own works, you see where you really are and what you really are in your own heart. And most people don't like that. They don't want to admit um, the state that they're in. And they don't want to admit that they need uh, God in their lives. It's really as simple as that. But I thought uh, a while ago, and it was impressed on me for a while to talk to people who already do believe the basic gospel message, but they're not living, they're not overcoming in this lifetime. So we already know, if you've been on this earth for any length of time, you already know that even as a believer, you're going to go through tests and trials. And I can't find anywhere in the Bible where um, God's people aren't continuously delivered from all of the tests and the trials they face. Even the apostle Paul said before his life ended that um, God delivered him from the mouth of the lion and God delivered him from every evil work. You know, Jesus made this statement. He said, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down freely. And I believe that people look at the lives of the apostles and they think, wow, these poor people got martyred and all these things, terrible things happened to them. Weren't they defeated in life? And my thinking is absolutely not. Um, I believe that each of them, uh, when it came right down to it, like the Bible says, they loved not their lives unto the death. In other words, they willingly laid their lives down as a final testimony um, against the uh, evil, those that would do evil and those that would deny uh, the good news in this world, so we're not at that point you're probably not at that point right now you're even if one day you decide that yes, I am willing to lay my life down, and the circumstances um come about where something like that can happen uh you're not there yet, so you don't want to have the type of attitude that thinks, well, you know the apostles were martyred, and you don't want to have a martyrs attitude as you're going through life because none of these men had that. They all had a song in their heart. You read their writings. They all had an uplifted positive attitude, not the kind of positive attitude that you might hear at a network marketing meeting, but I'm talking about the positive attitude that um, life was more than they were experiencing here and now, that they had the joy and peace of the Holy Spirit within them. They knew that they had a future that even when the body died, that they were going on and that they had a, a home waiting for them in the, uh, in the heavenly world and that they would be reunited with those who passed on to be with the Lord before them. So it was a positive message. Matter of fact, the Bible says that most people go through life forever in bondage because of the fear of death. But as a believer, we don't have to do that because Jesus suffered the penalty in our place. And there's nothing we can do to add to that. So when it comes to things like praying and believing, you know, we have more teaching on that today than maybe ever before, because people don't really understand what it means to believe you have something before you you can see it. But rather than than keep on pounding down along that line, which I, I usually do, because the the principle of faith is what connects us to all of the things that God has for us. Uh, but rather than keep on pounding down that line, let's take the word faith out and, and put the word trust in there because trust is something that we deal with every day with other people. From little things like, um, you know, you, you sit down to eat, and you trust that those people that prepared the food, that they had the proper oversight, that you know there's not any kind of harmful bacteria or anything in what you're about to eat. There's a level of trust that goes in there. When you drive on the road, um, you have to have trust that when you put on your brakes, that the person behind you is, is going to do the same thing and not run into you. Um, when we spend our money, when we call up and we order something um, – or when we go into a store, you know, we we have a certain amount of faith, especially with a service. Think about the things that, you know, you you pay for or you order and you know you put your money down and you just trust that the delivery systems and everything will work properly and that you'll get what you ordered and that those services will be completed and so on and so forth. I mean, you you get the car done and you have no idea what's going on while the hood is up or while the car is on the lift, but You have natural trust, Um, you know, that you care about people and maybe some of the people that you love say, hey, let's get together on a certain day and let's have dinner together. So, um, you know, you don't go digging around and make sure that they ever actually buy the food. Are they actually going to be there? You just just trust them because of who they are. So we trust natural things and, and natural systems and people all the time. But yet when it comes to trusting God the Father or trusting Jesus, you know sometimes we make it a religious exercise. You know just the other day I was walking and a, a a sharp pain hit me in my knee. And my mind said, "You know what? You've injured your knee before in the past and it's hurting again." And you know, where where's the power of God?" That thought just hit my mind. And I stopped what I was doing and I said, "Well, I prayed and I thank God that the Bible says He watches over His word to perform it. And I thank you, Lord, that I prayed. I thank you that your power is real. And as I kept walking, it kept hurting. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I have a choice here. I can either trust that Jesus really does love me, that I really do matter, and that the fact of all of the billions of people walking around on the earth today, I don't know how many are talking to Him, but. I have to believe that he's conscious of what, what's happening right now and that I can trust him because he's the healer, I'm not. I, I can't make healing come to pass. I wish I could. But then again I I'm glad I can't because if it was in my power to to pull the right lever or to push the right sequence of buttons and sometimes you can make faith like that, you know? You can just make it something that You got to do this, this, and this. And if you don't do it just like that, it won't work. And then inevitably, one time comes where you do all the things that you've done in the past, but you don't see any change. And I think that's why Jesus said that you need to become like little children. You know, we take a word like faith and we take a word like belief, we look at words like doubt and unbelief. And we basically understand what they mean. If somebody sat down with us and asked, what does it mean to trust God? What does it mean to believe in God? You might say something like, well, it it means to believe that he's there, that he exists. And well, somebody might say to you, well, how how can God possibly raise the dead? That, That doesn't compute. That doesn't make any sense. And Maybe you can just answer and say something simple like, well, God is God. That's what makes him God. God's not a man. He doesn't have the limitations that we do. Or how how come God doesn't get old? I mean, everybody else gets old, and what keeps him from dying? And you might say, well, you know, death has no power over him, and death is a spiritual thing. And, you know, you go into all these reasonings, but you try and break it down nice and simple so that somebody who's never been exposed to this type of information before doesn't have just a mountain of things to dig through so but when it comes to yourself sometimes you don't really approach it the same way i mean i think back to when i was a child and i never once worried about what the electric bill was going to be in the winter time i just assumed the heat would always be on and I remember times when things broke and they didn't work right. And I, I never lost a moment's sleep over it because I knew that, well, my, that's my parents' job. You know, <laughs> they're going to, maybe I didn't think in those words literally, but I just thought, well, they'll take care of it because that's what they do. That, that's what they always do. So when you read scripture verses that say uh, things like, uh, believe, believe, you receive and you shall have it. The you shall have part isn't, isn't your responsibility. When you read scripture verses like, um, Whosoever says, say unto the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart but believes the things which he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Well, who's the, what's the power that makes those words come to pass? It's, it's not our power. It's all God that makes things come to pass. We don't make anything come to pass. Now, you may say, well, yes, it's my faith that makes things come to pass. But your faith is only one part of the equation because your belief has to be real. Let me, let's put it this way. Um, the Bible says, uh, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. So it's the grace that does the saving. It simply comes through the avenue of faith. So it's also the grace that does the healing, the delivering, and the miracles. It's the grace, it's the favor of God that does all of these things. Grace, we could take the word grace out and put the power of God because the grace of God carries the power of God. But it comes through faith and Jesus happens to be the author and finisher of our faith. So rather than look at your faith like a power, because that's what the original disciples did. They thought, because they heard Jesus talk about faith so much, they came up to him one day. You could read about it in Luke chapter 17, going down to about the sixth verse. They said, Lord, increase our faith, because they thought, wow, you know, if we only had more faith, and people think like that today, if I only had more faith, nothing would be impossible to me. But Jesus replied to them and said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to a mountain and it would obey you. One day, this was quite a long time ago, but I uh, had an accident at home and I was alone. And as I was picking myself up off the floor, there was like a twinge in my stomach going down into my leg. And I felt a sickening feeling. I don't know what happened to this day, but maybe when I hit the ground or how I, 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 how I was, maybe I ruptured something. I, I'm not even sure. But the pain was so severe that as soon as I tried to stand up again, I was doubled over in pain. And within moments, I was in the fetal position on the floor. I couldn't straighten out. The only relief that I could get in my, in my stomach area, lower stomach, was to crunch up in the fetal position but even that wasn't good. I crawled over into the bathroom and the pain started getting so severe I couldn't even pray in a complete sentence. I was literally out of breath. I uh, got sick to my stomach, threw up, and then laid there huddled trying to pray. So 30 minutes later, the problem got even more severe and I I probably threw up another two or three times. Uh, by then, there was nothing left in my stomach because I really hadn't eaten much. And it was just liquid coming out. And I still couldn't stand up. I still couldn't... I, don't, I, I thought about calling 911 at the time, but I, I couldn't imagine giving my address out. I mean, the the pain was so severe, it was like I was being tortured. And... The idea of trying to breathe, talk, and intellectually say what was wrong with me and give an address seemed impossible. That's how bad the pain was. So I remembered a preacher talking about the power in the name of Jesus, and I began to say the name of Jesus over and over, and I began to say, Jesus, you are my healer, and you are healing me now. Mark 11, 23 says, if you believe what you say, you'll come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. So I said, Jesus, you're my healer. You're healing me now. Jesus, you're my healer. Jesus, you're my healer. Jesus, you're my healer. Jesus, you are healing me now. Jesus, you are healing me now. Jesus, you are healing me now. I said that on and off for about an hour, and the pain didn't even subside a little bit. Then I became like a broken record, actually, going into the second hour. Jesus, you're my healer. Jesus, you're healing me now. Jesus, you're healing me now. Jesus, you're healing me now. Jesus, you're my healer. Jesus, you're healing me now. I kind of coughed it out between the grunts and the groans. After about, I would say about two and a half hours, if I remember correctly, I was laying there, agonizing still on the floor, unable to move, unable to think. You know how your mind thinks uh, when you're alone and it conjures up all different possible outcomes, um, all possible causes? Well, I didn't have any of that because the pain was so severe that it was not quite enough to make me pass out, but it was getting closer all the time. And I remember laying there You know, after hours had gone by, I didn't think, you know, where's Jesus? Why did this happen? You know, all of the normal thoughts that somebody would think when there's a delay because the pain was distracting me from all of that type of reasoning. All I did was like a broken record, say, Jesus, you're my healer. Jesus, you're healing me now. And this is when I realized this is when the miraculous happened because at about two and a half hours, a wind started blowing through the room. It was a gentle breeze like you would get on a spring day. The thing was, it wasn't a spring day and all of the windows were shut and all the doors were shut. And today I know that it was the Holy Spirit, the power of God, came in that room and blew through me. And as it blew through me, you know how um, air blows and it it hits you and it feels like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it goes around you. Well, for a brief second, um, I don't know if it was my imagination or what, but it felt like the wind was actually going through me, not against me or around me. And just like that, all the pain, all the agony ended. And I got up totally normal. Couldn't believe what had happened almost. I mean, it, it was so surreal at the time that the healing could come just like that. And I was totally normal. And then I remember telling my family about that later, what the, what kind of a day <laughs> I had. And, you know, people just look at you when you say things like that. That taught me a few things, a few lessons. I haven't told this testimony in quite some time because this was probably about 27 years ago this happened. But I'm telling you this because the system that God uses that makes the itch and it shall come to pass part work, whether you're thanking God in your prayer time or whether you're repeating the name of Jesus or a combination thereof, what I'm saying is the process works whether you're focusing on it or not. The process goes above and beyond your human ability to press buttons and pull levers. That was the day that I realized that God truly won't allow you to be tested above what you're able. He's actually watching. It's almost like all of heaven starts to look at you when you begin to do what the Bible says. When you choose to believe everything, looks. God, you've got God's attention. If you want to get God's attention, in my experience, you you decide to believe. Now, here's the thing. You can only believe one day at a time and sometimes one moment at a time. In that condition, I had to believe moment by moment. And if you asked me if I was believing at the time, I couldn't even tell you for sure. But what I did was I obeyed what the Bible said. I said that Jesus was my healer. I said that he was healing me now. It says to talk like that in Mark eleven twenty three. Read it for yourself. Don't believe me. But read it for yourself. And I had what I said. Jesus was the one who quoted Mark eleven twenty three. He He's the actual one that said, if you do this, you'll get this. And I did it. Now, here's the thing. The Bible says that Jesus is the author of our faith, and that faith that he put inside of us will work, even when you feel like it's not working, even when you feel like it won't work, even when your emotions are against it, that faith you have in you is a faith that came out of him. It's not a faith that you just generated out of your own intellect. In other words... Jesus said that if you believe that he and the Father would come and make their home with you, and they would never leave you or forsake you, so that belief that you have inside of you is like a piece of God you have inside of you. And if you will open your mouth and you will say what you want to come to pass, if you say Jesus is your healer and you keep on saying that, you don't have to make anything else work. You don't have to to jump in the system. You don't have to drive the car, so to speak. The car will drive itself. You don't have to fly the plane. You don't have to navigate the journey. All you have to do is sit down in the seat. Because it's not of works, lest any man boast, right? You can't say that, look what my faith has done. No, it's Jesus's faith given to you here in this lifetime. And by opening your mouth and saying it, that's what activates it. It says in, I believe it's 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, we have the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. And so I don't, I can't tell you exactly how it works, but I know that when you say it, I know when you say it, it activates something. It may be as simple as somebody giving you the key to a house. And all you have to do is Put that key in the lock and turn it. And that opens the door. And when you get inside, you can't brag about the key. I have the key. You don't brag about anything. You're just glad that somebody gave you access. And God has set a system up and he's authorized you who believe in the name of Jesus You can say the name of Jesus, you can say the name of Yeshua, however it makes sense to you. It doesn't matter because different people have different languages and miracles happen in the name of those who place their faith in the Son of God. And you say it and you say it and you say it. Why does it take a long time sometimes? I don't know, but I know this. If it was my unbelief that kept me on the floor for two and a half hours, it was ultimately the faith that God put in my heart and that God has in your heart. It was ultimately saying Jesus is my healer and Jesus is healing me now that allowed me to receive a miracle in my life. And you can apply this principle to everyone because remember something, in the New Testament wasn't written until hundreds of years after uh, the cross. You don't see uh, believers in the New Testament walking around reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they actually heard it preached from the mouth of those who walked with Jesus. And they had letters and everything, but they didn't have the nice Bibles and, and they didn't have the downloaded apps or nothing. They just heard about it. All you need, all it takes, even if all you knew for the rest of your life was Mark eleven twenty three, that's all it would take to give you the victory over every circumstance you could ever face for the rest of your life. Even if you only had um, Revelation um, twelve eleven, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. That means by who they were in Christ and by the word of their testimony. So if you talk victory, you'll have victory. I mean, this principle works. You see people doing it that don't aren't even believing believers. But how much more for those who have chosen and said yes? To the name of Jesus, yes to God's plan of salvation. So I encourage you today, even if you've wrestled with the same thing for years and years and years and read books and books and books about, oh, you know, you read other people's testimonies. I'm saying that you can, all those things are great. They all encourage you. That's fine. But all you have to do is open your mouth and set, talk your victory, talk like it's working, say it in Jesus' name If you're in total agony like I was, you can make it really simple and just say like two or three words over and over again. But if you don't give up, it will come to pass. Failure is impossible. Once you have a revelation of that, that failure is impossible, that you can literally have a miracle take place in any area of your life that you need it in, that you can really have a breakthrough in any area of your life no matter how bound you've been in the past, once you you realize – that you've been receiving a lie from the enemy, that it's not going to work for you, that for reasons you don't understand, you're not going to get it. Once you realize that failure becomes impossible, unless you stop talking, unless you stop saying it, once you realize if you keep on doing it, failure is impossible, it changes everything. It's like being a young person again and the whole world is before you. You haven't made any choices yet, You're just starting out. And that's what it's like with God. God can reverse all of the evil that's come against you. He can bring you into a place here in this lifetime that you never thought possible. And of course, in the world to come, as the Bible says, eternal life. So God bless my friend. I hope you got something from that. If you haven't subscribed to the update list, take a few seconds and go ahead and do so. It's at www.faithtestedbyfire.com. That's www.faithtestedbyfire.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.